Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge God In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Today's topic is entitled Three Action Steps to Outshine the Darkness. Perhaps you've noticed that it's getting pretty dark out there. Perhaps you've noticed an increase in offense judgment, ugly behavior, abusive behavior, bullying. Perhaps you've noticed in your personal life that you feel that you've been under attack more than you have in other seasons in the past. Today, you will walk away with three specific action steps that you can focus on daily with the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen you within and give you the ability to be able to put into motion and actually activate your desire to put into motion these three specific action steps, because this is a job for Jesus. <laughs> these are coming from my own meditation and convictions of heart when I'm on my knees with the Lord and just asking him to sift me, prepare me so that my heart doesn't grow cold in the midst of darkness and in the midst of things closing in, so to speak. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil, which are waging war against our soul. The devil, our adversary, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Our mission at Edge Got In is to champion your human potential in Christ. You can learn more about our, our podcasts at edgegotin.com. It's become the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ. Truly, our topics address specifically how can we up our game and follow Jesus' lead by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to discern and manage our personal emotions and behavior in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. And you can learn more about that project at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We have a book, uh, and a very interactive book, that has a journal and uh, kind of like a personal guide with each chapter and coaching questions at the end of each chapter, along with a course and a workshop. And we're currently, as I speak, working on the six-week study for the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book. So join us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Explore the voice of emotional intelligence at edgegodin.com and take back the authority. We have power and authority to overcome the devil's trickery in life. Let's jump in in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, <laughs> it's getting dark out there. Give us the grace to be able to discern and manage our personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors you. Holy Spirit, awaken within us the emotional intelligence of Christ, his ability to maintain calm and peace and hope his ability to be able to keep guard over his mouth, to very strategically communicate in a way 
to plant the seeds that he knew would give birth to salvation. Less is more sometimes, Lord. So give us the grace to be still. Even for a moment. So that we can hear your voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the word I want you to use. Speak it. This is the posturing I want you to have. Humility. Lord, give us the grace to be able to hear your voice quicker today than yesterday. And may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification and the strengthening of the people that are tuning in to today's podcast. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm a big fan of the the actual touching, seeing, writing in, marking, storing in our hearts the scriptures, because the Holy Spirit has a tendency to bring those scriptures up at just the right moment. I was just sharing on another podcast this week about the scriptures that I had memorized even in my early 20s. And when I went through advanced cancer in 2006 and divorced at the same time, these scriptures that I had stored in my heart in my 20s, when I was 38 years old, I hadn't really thought about them much, but they would come up just literally as if it was a file that was dormant and became live when I needed it. One of the scriptures was Exodus 14, 14. I will fight your battle. You have only to be still. Another one was Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So those are two scriptures that we can keep in mind as we're leaning into three specific action steps to outshine the darkness. So think for a moment, what is it for you that you feel is eclipsing the light of Christ in your life? Just think of that thing, whatever it is. And I invite you to Ask the Holy Spirit to give you victory, to restore the light in the midst of the darkness, to help you to tune into resources you need to move through, to move forward, to get unstuck, to open your mind so that you step out of the restricted place of what I call the animal planet zone, the primal brain, where we only have three reactive choices, fight, flight, or freeze. And take that eight-inch journey to the frontal cortex, which God uses to do mighty work, because that's the place where we, where we focus on solutions. So invite the Holy Spirit, in spite of that eclipsing area in your life that you're aware of, to give you victory, because the battle belongs to the Lord. And our victory truly comes in our attentiveness and obedience and trust. Do you really believe that God's got your back? Think of a time when you felt the same exact way that you're feeling now, whatever it is that's eclipsing your joy in the Lord, your trust in the Lord, your faith in the Lord at this moment. And think back in your life because the primal brain doesn't want you to do that. It wants you to stay stuck. Satan wants you to stay stuck. Stuck in ruminating on what's not working out. Stuck in ruminating in fear and self-doubt and worry. Jesus wants to set you free today. It is for freedom that he has set you free.
Stand firm and don't allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of clinging to that shadow, that fear, that self-doubt. So many times when we're stuck, our ability to take action is handicapped. Satan knows it. And so he'll keep piling on the phrases, you can't do this. There's no out. You have no options. Those are all phrases to keep you stuck, clinging to the ring like Gollum in the cave and Lord of the Rings, Tolkien's gifted work that gives us a visual of evil against good. And as we cling to our ring, God is calling us out to surrender and cling only to him. So three action steps to outshine the darkness. Number one, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Perhaps that's your one takeaway today. And you take that before the Holy Spirit and give the Holy Spirit permission to convict your heart every time you feel that rumbling just beneath the surface that is about to spill out of your mouth, that expresses your dissatisfaction with situations. Complaining never moves you forward. It actually causes you to remain where you're at. It causes you to remain stuck. Stop complaining. It's a job for Jesus, my friends. I've caught myself many times this week because this is a practice that I'm practicing. These three action steps I'm, I'm putting into motion in my daily life. And the complaining part, boy, man, I have the best intentions. And all of a sudden, shazam, <laughs> a phrase comes out of my mouth. And it, it, the Holy Spirit's made me aware of how much I actually do complain. Now, I want to preface these three action steps with a little awareness and context that I learned from a. Um, incredible spiritual mentor in my life, Phil Hodges from Lead Like Jesus. I remember him saying one time, God doesn't just ask us to do something just to cause us to be uncomfortable. He asks us to do, he asks us to do something to free us so that we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. So when he says, don't do this, it's so that you can have this. So think of that in context as I'm sharing these three action steps to outshine the darkness. First one, stop complaining so that so that you can shine and outshine the darkness. Now, what's the scriptures that back this up? If you have your scriptures, if you have your Bible, open up to Philippians 4, 8. Or I'm sorry, Philippians 2. That's our next one. Philippians 2, 14 through 15 which says, do all things without grumbling, fault-finding, and complaining, questioning, doubting among yourselves, so that, so that, so this is, this is an invitation St. Paul is, is laying out, not just, for, not just to make us uncomfortable, because <laughs> the Lord knows it's hard not to complain when things aren't working out the way you want them to. <laughs> just even thinking that, if that's your one takeaway from today's podcast, go for it with the Holy Spirit my friends, because he will reveal to you and make it very uncomfortable and make you aware of how often you actually do complain. And what do you get from that? What's the upside? Nothing. 
The upside, actually, physically speaking, is when every time you do complain or you allow yourself to be in the presence of people that are complaining and you kind of fuel it, it shrinks the brain, the hippocampus, the part of the brain. You become less intelligent, keeps you stuck. It's problem-focused, not solution-focused. You'll just stay stuck. So how about we step into a complaining fast this week and notice what happens? Because this is the so that. Stop complaining. Do everything, all things without grumbling, fault-finding, and complaining. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. So that you may show yourselves to be blameless, innocent, uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked, wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, so that you shine like the stars, bright lights in the dark world. So why don't we complain? So that we shine like the stars in a dark world. So that we can be blameless, uncontaminated children of God. So what this tells me when I read this is every time I complain, I'm contaminating myself. So St. Paul says, do not touch, do not taste. Stop. First one, stop complaining. Second one, there's three S's here to make it easy to memorize. First action step is stop complaining. Second one is starve discouragement. Starve discouragement. The etymology of the word discouragement is pretty powerful because it's to cause to lose courage, to dissuade or hinder from. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this is one of the weapons Satan uses to rob you of the peace of Christ, which Jesus died to offer you. So if you turn to Philippians 4, 8, and perhaps this is, this is one of the first scriptures I actually memorized in college. Philippians 4, 8, which says, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything, everything. Do not fret. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what's the command? Do not give in to discouragement because discouragement is a ramification of anxiety, fretting, being worried in our circumstances. That leads to discouragement. What does it do? It causes us to lose our, our courage, dissuade us from the presence and power of the peace of Christ, which pass, surpasses all human understanding. So perhaps you're discouraged today. Jesus responds to discouragement. When he sees it and witnesses it firsthand in John 16, 33. Now, to give it context, in John 16, Jesus lays out the power of the Holy Spirit that will be able to come and remind us of the things that he's taught us. He's reminding us that he's not going to leave us alone. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Then he also goes into his dissertation again, because <laughs> it takes several rounds sometimes, when he explains, hey, listen, I'm going to die. And I'm going to leave you and you're going to scatter, but don't 
don't fear, don't worry, because your 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 anxiety will turn to joy. So he's basically laying it out. What's going to happen? He's going to go into Jerusalem. He's going to die, and he's going to be risen again. And this is a theme that he's shared a, a prophecy that he shared with his disciples all along the way. So he's noticing after he shares about the Holy Spirit, what's going to be happening to him. He notices he's picking up, and this is emotional intelligence. He's aware of not only the words that his disciples are saying as a result of what he shared, but he's also aware of their emotions. So as a result of that, he offers a solution in John 16, 33. In light of the discouragement that he's picking up on, and this is where we can up our game emotionally. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to pick up discouragement in the heart of the people around me today and help me to outshine the darkness by not being a part and partaking in complaining, by reminding the person that they've gone through difficult things before and how can I be helpful if it's mine to step in, if it's someone else's to have the wisdom to guide them to a resource. But is praying for that incredible emotional, intelligent attentiveness that not only tunes into words and emotions to be able to make God recognizable, as Jesus continually did. John 16, 33, in response to his awareness of the discouragement in the heart of his disciples, based on what he laid out, he says, take heart. Now, to back up to the, to the definition of discouragement, Remember, discouragement is to cause to lose courage. Satan is after you to cause you to lose courage. Well, what is the etymology of the word courage? That's heart. Courage, courage comes from the word heart, your spirit, your inmost feelings, your temperament, what, what your, your, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your heart. And, and the scriptures speak directly to the heart. Jesus speaks directly to the heart right now. So he's saying basically. Heart means courage. So he says in John 16, 33, in response to the discouragement that he's seeing, take heart. Which means to take control over your mind so that you can become brave in difficult times. That's what take heart means, by the way. Take heart means that you have the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit within you to take control of your mind, because that's where discouragement flows from. Take control of your mind so that you can be brave in difficult times. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are in difficult times. And take heart. Control your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. The actual scripture and Jesus' words in John 16, 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. So he's letting them know. He's laid out the Holy Spirit. He's laying out what's going to happen. He notices discouragement. It's like, hey, I've told you these things, though, in spite of all of that, you can have peace. Why? Because in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He's already overcome all that you feel has overcome you today. All that discouragement. Claim it, own it, declare it. Starve discouragement of your attention. Starve it. 
starve discouragement of your attention. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So that peace that transcends all understanding happens when we truly take heart, as Jesus calls us to do in John 16, 33, knowing that he's overcome the world. So any thought that contradicts that knowing that Jesus has overcome the world, any thought, we're called to take heart. That means that Jesus has given us the ability to do it because his word will not return to him void. This, these are the words of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take heart. Take control of your mind, he's asking us, so that you can be brave in difficult times. And he just laid out earlier in John 16, hey, you're not alone. The Holy Spirit's with you. He's the counselor. He's the one that can give you victory, that can help you. Holy Spirit, help us to starve discouragement of our attention more today than yesterday. Give us the grace to replace the grace to replace our discouragement with what Paul lays out so beautifully as well later on in Philippians, whatever is true, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about those things. That's how we can take control of our mind. So Lord, grant us the grace to focus on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, admirable, excellent, trustworthy, praiseworthy. Give us the grace to think about those things and to starve discouragement of our attention today. So in review, three action steps to outshine the darkness. First one is stop complaining so that you can outshine the darkness and shine like the lights in a dark world, as Paul's saying. Second, starve discouragement of your attention. Do not be anxious leads to discouragement. Trust God. Take heart. Take control of your mind so that you can be brave in difficult times. And lastly, we have sever. So the three S's, stop, starve, and sever. Stop complaining, starve discouragement, sever yourself from corrupt talk. So if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians 4, 29, through 32. And I'm doing the same thing right now, turning to Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no foul or polluted corrupt language, evil words, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as it is fitting for the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. So this is the final one, my friends. Sever yourself from corrupt talk, any kind of corrupt talk, any kind of words or phrases that don't bring life, they bring death. Again, this is a job for Jesus, Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit within you to discern and manage. That's part of the definition of emotional intelligence in Christ, the ability to discern and manage our emotions and behavior in a way that honors God by loving others well. How do we love others well? We stop complaining, starve discouragement, sever ourselves from corrupt talk because we can't give out goodness, light, and love without first and foremost mastering it within 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is our victory. So sever yourself from corrupt talk. Ask the Holy Spirit to bump you when there's a phrase, a comment, a judgment, a flippant statement, um, an expression. Perhaps you use the phrase, oh, I'm just kidding. Well, sarcasm means to, the definition or the etymology of the word sarcasm means to cut the flesh. So many times Satan uses sarcasm to cut people down, but yet not holding you accountable because you're just kidding. It shows up in many different ways. So give the Holy Spirit permission to help you sever yourself from all corrupt talk. So that we find, if you read on in Ephesians chapter 4, 29, you read on, well, why would I want to do that? Sever myself from worthless, corrupt talk and only speak those things that are beneficial to the building up of my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's actually a really good phrase to ask yourself. Is this phrase going to build this person up or cut them down? There's your answer. Holy Spirit, is this phrase that's about to come out of my mouth going to build this person up or cut this person down? Holy Spirit will tell you. <laughs> I can say that personally because I've been asking the Holy Spirit, uh, is this phrase going to build them up or cut them down? Or do I have ulterior motives behind this phrase? And the Holy Spirit will say, be silent. Return to love. We do this so that it's laid out and he even, he even goes a little bit deeper in 31 if you read through um, verses 29 through 32. It's very, very powerful because the reason why we, we sever ourselves from all corrupt talk, in 30 it says, so you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't offend the Holy Spirit. Corrupt talk offends the Holy Spirit. Cutting your brothers and sisters in Christ down, even if they have different views, different opinions, different stances, anytime you cut them down, that grieves the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between having a constructive conversation or a crucial conversation where you are 100% honest and 100% respectful and you've discerned the words to use to be able to speak truth. Many times our flesh gets in the way, as Romans, uh, as, as, as Paul says in Romans, basically give your spirit permission to guide your flesh, not your flesh permission to guide your spirit. Because the spirit or the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace, as Paul says in Romans. The, the, the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The mind controlled by the flesh is death. So the mind controlled by the spirit gives us the ability to sever ourselves from corrupt talk. It takes that pause, though. Will these words build them up or cut them down? and apply it to yourself as well. Stay awake at the gate of your thoughts. What's your interior dialogue like? Does it affirm that you are beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God? That in spite of your sin, God continually calls you back to begin again. Are you a Peter or a Judas? Peter was restored in love. Judas didn't believe that love was enough. 
So he stayed in the guilt and shame, and it led to his death, taking of his life. Jesus loved him just as much, I believe. It's that choice point. So come back and, and believe in the love of Christ over anything. When you stumble, just return quicker today than yesterday, because God's grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, he goes on to say, after he's talked about corrupt talk in verse 29, he then goes on to say, uh, yeah, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper here. So he talks, he starts listing things, bitterness, indignation, wrath, resentment, anger, animosity, quarreling, brawling, clamor, slander, evil speaking, abusive and blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice. What is malice? It's spite, it's ill will, any kind of baseness. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another, another tenderhearted, compassionate and understanding, forgiving one another. And then in the beginning of chapter five, that's the so that. So sever yourself from corrupt talk so that you can be imitators of God. That's why we do this, so that we can make God recognizable. So when people see our face as Moses' face was lit up, that they can see and even sense, if they can't even find the words, you've been with God. Sever yourself from corrupt talk so that you become imitators of God and you walk in love as Christ walked in love. This is all to anchor our peace and our freedom, my friends. He's asking us to stop complaining, the scriptures. Paul is ask, asking us and putting it before us. Jesus is putting it before us. Stop complaining. Starve discouragement. Sever yourself from corrupt talk. So which one is it for you today? As you think of these three things, which one do you feel is having the biggest negative impact on your spiritual walk with the Lord? Which one is holding you back? from the fullness of life and joy and peace that Jesus died to give you? Is it complaining? Is it discouragement? Is it corrupt talk? Explore each one of these. Perhaps you can take a week and fast from complaining. Stop complaining. Does it mean you're going to be successful? Believe me, I've been trying to do this myself. <laughs> no, I will say this though. Once you say to the Lord, help me to stop complaining. Give me the grace to starve discouragement. Anytime a discouraging thought comes in my mind, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to override it. I desire that my spirit guides my thoughts and my mind so that I can take heart and take control over my mind so that I can be brave today. Jesus, help me to remember that in this world, I will have trouble. You told me that. You also said to take heart because you've overcome the world. Help me to starve discouragement. God, give me the grace to sever myself from corrupt talk. When I get hurt, when I feel overlooked, unseen, misunderstood, Oftentimes, my first go-to is corrupt talk, cutting other people down because I feel cut down. I know that your strength is bigger than that. Give me the victory and deliverance from that trap, evil for evil, 
grant me the grace to overcome evil with good. Knowing that when I make that choice, I am an imitator of you. When I make the choice to starve discouragement, I, I experience that peace that passes all understanding and that knowing that you've overcome all that I feel has overcome me. And when I stop complaining, I become a light in the midst of a corrupt generation. Grant me the grace to step into this practice so that I can outshine the darkness in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three action steps to outshine darkness. Stop complaining. Starve discouragement. Sever yourself from corrupt talk. Which one is the Holy Spirit inviting you to be free from today? It's a powerful journey, my friends, one that I'm on myself. And as soon as you give it your attention, because whatever you focus on grows bigger, that's the cool thing. Jesus wants you to be the boss of your thoughts and your mind, and he's given you the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to do so. And once you start to watch yourself do life and notice those urges to complain, to remain in discouragement, to speak corrupt words that cut people down versus building people up, including yourself. That's the first step toward freedom. My name is Lauren, and you know what? I complain, I stay in discouragement sometimes, and I definitely have some corrupt talk. Okay, God, let's get to work. So may the power of the Holy Spirit give you that strength and victory as you study these scriptures associated with them. At, edge, at edgegodin.com, I'll post these scriptures. One for complaining, one for discouragement, and the uh, the one for corrupt talks. And you can also download a one sheet to capture your learnings from today's podcast. As I've mentioned before, many people use the podcast for small group studies, and they print out the one sheet to capture the learnings to, to discuss within small groups. Feel free to do the same. May the power of the presence of Christ within you give you victory on anything you feel threatened by outside of you. The one who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. Give him heaven out there. There's enough of the darkness going on around us. Outshine the darkness. And come join us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com.